Welcome to the Autobahn Country Club Podcast, where your host, club member John Graybeal, opens the doors to America's premier auto sports club. Now, here's John. Well, welcome to the Autobahn Country Club Podcast. Whole bunch of announcements. If you head over to AutobahnMembers.com, or if you're not getting Talk Around the Track, please reach out to somebody at the track so that you can get on the email list and keep up to date with everything that's going on. This is the last week of June. We're just coming off a weekend of racing. The rain tried to keep us all down, but we were able to come back and uh, get all the racing in on Sunday. Uh, so coming up here, July 4th, yeah, the track's going to be closed on July 4th. If uh, you know anybody that needs a job, the track's hiring. There's a lot of jobs available. So if you know anybody, have them reach out to the club. And um, that uh, information, that link is available on AudubonMembers.com. There's uh, also, don't forget about the new members and guest driver orientation that they offer at the club. Brad Beal and Ben Hasbrook are taking care of that. Uh, something new, uh, vehicle piss pet. Vehicle pit pass is now required, so um, uh, get with Kyle Nato, and he can get you. Uh, so if you're driving a golf cart or UTV a quad or something like that uh, around the track, they just want to get a pit pass on it. There's, they, they can explain all that to you when you talk to them about what is happening there. And then huge, big weekend coming up here at Festival of Speed, July 16th through the 18th, uh, full court uh, or full court, full track opportunities, chase racing and everything. There's going to be me out of racing, cart racing. Uh, and additional racing also going to be uh, on the agenda. Well, for a long time, I wanted to get an opportunity to meet our technical inspector at the track, Joe Griffin. And I would see him. He was always very nice, very eloquent when I spoke with him. And I thought, man, I need to get to know this guy a little bit better. And so... Without further ado, let's welcome Joe Griffin on the Audubon Country Club Podcast. Are we back? Yep. I've got here. Heard the lead in. I think it's working now. We should sound awesome after all of that. <laughs> Judd, let's see. Let's all. Uh, well, Joe Griffin, thank you so much for, is it Joseph? Is that your full? Uh, Joe. Joe? Joe's good, yeah. Joe, um, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. You are a staple at the Audubon Country Club. I need to know more about you. Um, what do you need to know? <laughs> I can answer questions. Uh, where'd you grow up? I grew up in a south suburb, Harvey, Illinois, uh, that area around there. We had a little, uh, a little farm kind of a deal, some property. A farm in Harvey? Uh, yeah, it's between Harvey, South Holland. That was uh, back in the day. We'll say back in the day. Back it was in the day. kind of uh, unincorporated. Oh, okay. You know, so we had chickens, ducks, rabbits, kept a couple of horses. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. You know, there no. was a racetrack down, uh, down the road from us. Um, forgot the name of it now, but anyway, um, caught fire when I was a kid and burnt down, and then all the horses went out to uh, Balmoral. It was in Homewood. Oh, so, a, a horse racetrack. Yes, horse racetrack. Horse sorry. Race. <laughs> <laughs> horse race. Yeah, I forgot. So I kind of grew up, uh, you know, I had an interesting uh, between that and... Uh, do you eat the chick? I mean, the, the chickens? Did you eat the chickens and rabbits and stuff? And uh, We did, but we also sold them. Oh, yeah. So it was a real, you know, it was a little business there. And then um, uh, the family um, 
was from New Orleans, so I spent a lot of time in New Orleans as a kid. Uh, we'd go back and forth a couple of times a year. And then um, I'd spend uh, other summers on my dairy uncle's dairy farm in Wisconsin. So I got to travel around. No way. Well, it was pretty cool. Yeah, so your mom and dad, they were born down in, were they both born down in? They were both born in New Orleans. New Orleans? Yeah. And then they came up here and? They came up here in, uh, I guess, the late 20s, early 30s. There was a huge migration people that came up north and uh, they were part of it. You know, they were kids. Did they? Kind of kids. Is that what they did full time? Was farming? Is that their full time? No, my dad was a chef. Uh, Mom was a seamstress. And, uh, you know, the farm was kind of like a hobby farm kind of a deal. Oh, cool. So, so tell me about the, the dairy farm. I kept I kept a family dairy cow for 10 years. Oh, a cow? <laughs> we um, had 32. A cow. That is correct. Uh, okay. I had my own parlor, though. I had a single cow parlor. Oh, okay. okay. With a De Laval floor milk, milking pail. Wow. That was... Okay. That yeah, was big time. Yeah, I started out, you know, milking them by hand, and... Um, no, we finally moved up to the machines, and then probably surge milker. Did you have the surge milker with the strap over the back? Did yes, you, it was. Yeah, that's what. Oh, I started, you remember those? I, I started with. Okay, uh, if you need your pulsator, I didn't the, think you were that old. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, it was not long. Probably from 2005 to 2015, 16, I milked a cow. Oh, okay. Four months a year, I would milk the cow four months a year. With this, and I started with the surge. If you need your pulsator, if anybody needs their pulsator rebuild, I can be your guy. I can okay. rebuild your pulsator for you. I'll remember that. Yeah. yeah. And then we then I switched to the DeLaval um, floor milker, which was a way better system. I mean, it was just way better. <laughs> yeah. It was way better. Yeah. So you, yeah. you were milking 32. What kind of cows were they? Uh, they were Holsteins. You know, standard Wisconsin cow, black and white ones. They're always running the fields. Wow. So, yeah. Were they nice? Uh they were good. You know, we had one bull. You can only have one bull. Yeah. Yeah. Two's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that's, that's It was awesome. fun. It was fun. It was a good, it was a good, uh, good education as a kid. I recommend it to everybody. You know, you learn how to really do things. Yeah, I loved, um, I loved when we worked with our cows. It was great. I made cheese, butter, mm-hmm. um, you know, we never, never in a short supply of cream. Right. That was yeah. good. It was good. Ice cream. Oh, oh yeah. My wife had a, she bought a, um, a plug-in ice cream maker. She didn't have to do the salt. Oh, the really? The ice and the salt and grind it and crank High it. High end. Yeah. You probably remember doing it by, you probably did it by hand, We right? did it by hand. Yeah, you had to churn it. Yeah. I think I did it once by hand and made mush. Okay. And then I switched. <laughs> Keep the ice coming, yeah. Yeah, it's like it, I, I milked the cow once, and she just kept looking at me, going, "Are you done yet?" Are you, I was terrible at hand milking. Yeah, terrible yeah. at it. Well, you'd had to do it, you know. At five in the morning and five in the evening, they're telling you, "Come and get me, come and get me." <laughs> <laughs> you went to high school there, and and Har- I went to high school in Harvey at uh, Thornton, Thornton High School, and um, uh, it was interesting. I went to Catholic schools before that, and. Uh, it was quite a difference to go to a public school from a Catholic school. So, like so, high school, you finished high school in the public school then? Yes. Yeah. 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 Were you a sports guy? Did you do? Nope. Didn't do any sports back then. Um, uh, got into uh, drag racing, of all things, and uh, kind of a gearhead from uh, uh, from the start. So, that were was you, it. Was your dad, were you tinkering on cars and, and tractors and stuff? Or was your dad kind well, of Well, tractors, kind of but that was a normal thing. Um, uh, my first job was actually at Ellis Chalmers, 
uh, I don't know if you remember that company or not. Yeah, they, uh, the tractor company, yeah. Correct. Yeah. I made tractor engines. I worked in the engine plant. Really? Yeah, in high school. You know, it was part of my shop class. So oh, I got lucky. That's cool. <laughs> you, know, it's just, you know, you're just working there, doing machine work and that. But it was kind of good for a um, 16, 17, 18-year-old. And when did you start drag racing? Uh, probably, probably about 17 or so, you know, when... The guys, somebody get a car, and then we could go over to Doty Road and have fun. What, you know. what, don't you have to give away your exact age, but what years were, was this that you were drag racing? Uh, this would have been in the 60s. So Late 60s. Late 60s? Right. So Mid to late 60s, yeah. So the what would have been the good car back there? that um, the uh, Chevy Impala? Chevy, that Malibu's. Malibu's. Yeah. Um, what's the, uh, what was the AMC car? The, um, the Javelins or uh, before that? Um, what was Scramp, Scramp, Rambler, the Rambler. Oh, the Ramblers. Yeah, Scrambler right. is what he drove, a Scrambler. Yeah. Okay. Was that fast? They were pretty fast, yeah, because it was a light body and uh, I forgot what the power plant was, but it was, it was pretty quick, short wheelbase. Yeah, did you just drive your cars there and then race them when you got there? Did you have trailers or stuff? Or uh, No, everybody drove back then. Uh, except on Saturday nights, we would race on 71st Street in the city. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> before um, 71st Street and on Lakeshore Drive, uh, we would actually uh, have an arrangement with the uh, local authorities. Oh, nice. Okay. And they would block up the road for us and uh, for a nominal fee, I may add. And um, we would do what we wanted to do until the wee hours in the morning, and then we'd all break up. <laughs> They'd go home happy, we'd go home happy, and that was it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, that's awesome. Were you, the, um, uh, were you working on your own cars when you were driving? Or were I you- was working on my car and a couple other guys' cars, but uh, I was never a good driver. just twisted wrenches a lot. So that so, was your and the truck, and eventually wound up as a route manager. And you know, how did you get in, involved in sports photography? Um, it was a job. It was fun. I always did photography as a kid. You know, it was a hobby, and mm. one thing led to another, and uh, that was that. When I left Coke, I had to find something to do, and it was I already had a couple of clients, and then one thing led to another, and that was it. So I traveled around. Um, Pretty much around the U.S. Did everything from uh, Air Force Academy, Naval Academy, uh, most of the Big Ten. You know, um, all their sports, fun. or just or football, or primarily, or just anything? no. Most of their sports bands. Um, some of the annual work. The annual would be the yearbook mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, so that was that. You know, move in for three weeks or a month, and there'd be a team of us, and we'd take care of everybody. And really, that was it. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Some of the colleges are fairly large. I never know. thought about that. Yeah, it would take a long time to get through. Uh, Naval Academy was a six-week uh, deal. Hmm. And there were four of us there, I think, sometimes. Were they well-behaved? Uh, excellent. Excellent. <laughs> I didn't go to the Naval I didn't go to the Air Force Academy either, but I used to do interviews for people going to the Air Force Academy. So okay. I hope they were all behaved at their Air, Air Force, Force was great. Navy was great. Um, we won't talk about West Point. Oh, they okay. <laughs> okay, poor army guys. <laughs> um, 
so are, do you still do that or is that um, I still do photography work. I have a company now. I do high school sports. And uh, between racing and that, I'm pretty busy. Wow. So when was the first time you heard about the Audubon Country Club? Oh, I believe uh, before they broke ground for it. I was in SCCA. Or I'm still in SCCA, but... Um, being in an organization, they, you know, everybody knows everything. So that was it. So I knew about it before it was built. <laughs> so, um, so you've always been an official. Or a mechanic. Or a mechanic. Correct. Uh, so how did you start in the SCCA racing? Or um, I got involved. I had a customer with Coca-Cola that invited me to an ice race and hmm. um, in Cedar Lake. And I went over there this beastily cold February day and uh, met a lot of people that were as crazy as I was. They were racing on a lake and uh, Jim kind of, you know, we called, they call it racing. Then that was my introduction. And they asked me to come back the next week and the next week turned into uh, probably closer to 50 years than You're kidding. whatever. No. <laughs> well, it was in the, uh, Probably in the early seventies. Wow. And and you were just taking care of the cars or mechanicing or? Uh, I went over there just as something to do on a cold winter day, and <laughs> <laughs> you know that was it. I'm a cold weather person, believe it or not. <laughs> but um, but got hooked. You know the people were great. That was the whole thing, and um, it was a lot of fun. So. so um, and then how did the, the if, if, if officiating or how did all that take place? Or uh, it, it was kind of interesting. I uh, it started working on cars. You know, you meet a few people. Oh, can you come and help me with my car over the weekend? Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. fine. So we did that for a while. And then um, uh, the one guy I was with for uh, probably eight or ten years, we had a, uh, a sedan and then we got a formula atlantic car formula b back then and we raced that for a while and then we got a uh, chevrolet monza and uh you know one of the fellows i met and then after we ran out of money i worked with a couple other guys and then somebody said hey do you want to help us be an official and i said yeah and that's it so i started working tech and uh, worked corners for a little while and that was uh, that's that so i'm still here you know yeah, because you're not only just here, but you're out traveling around with the SCCA, taking care of. Do you have a specialty car that you? That you uh, I, 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 yes, Formula Atlantics. Uh, I was with that group for 28 years, and um, I think it was 28 years with just Formula Atlantics. That was as an official, but we had the predecessor to that that I had worked on. You know, the Formula B car, which mm-hmm. was the Formula Atlantic. We ran a couple of races back then as Formula Atlantic. But um, uh, that's that. So I left Champ Car or Cart or IndyCar. It depends on who was who was running it. Right who was running it. Yeah, <clears throat> Formula Atlantic State Formula Atlantic. Um, uh, we had a great boss, Vicki O'Connor. I don't know if uh, you know her or not, but mm-hmm. um, uh, Vicki headed up the organization. I'm thinking for probably over 30, 35 years, and. Um, uh, it was great. Got to travel the country. Got to actually travel the world. 
So uh, I headed up Atlantic's in New Zealand, too. So I went down there. Really? Yeah. Wow. That, was that... Is that... That sounds like a super cool place to be. To, to, to uh, I wish I could go back. <laughs> I actually wish I had never left. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds amazing. Yeah. Um, so when you... Did you know Tony Kester and Tom Bagley back in the day in Super V? Uh, I, I met Bagley. Uh, he was running Super V, but I was doing Atlantic. And uh, Kester and I have a, uh, uh, I'm not sure if it's a love-hate relationship or a hate-hate relationship. <laughs> he, uh, he was always winning races, and I was always asking him to take his car apart. So okay, um, <laughs> that was our... Uh, Meeting and the uh, a little interesting thing is we lived in uh, both of us in the south end of town, <clears throat> and uh, when I worked at Coca Cola in the Gary area, Tony was the milkman. So not only would I see him on the weekend, sometimes I'd see him during the week. No way! Oh, that's hilarious. Yes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's pretty cool. Um, so how did how do you start? They just you just kind of be an apprentice to begin with, or did you just start right in? They said, "Hey, go ahead and inspect this car and see if see if it's legal." You, you pretty much everything's um, OJT on the job training. So you start as an apprentice. You meet other people. They ask you to do something else. If you got time or you're uh, dumb enough to say yes, then um, you know you wind up doing it. The more you do, the more experience you get. The more they ask you. And you so. still you still travel. I mean, obviously, I'm. You still travel around doing uh, officiating or inspe- what's the technical term? Is it, is it uh, the technical inspector? Technical inspector, right? Um, how far away do you travel now? I mean, uh, I'm doing a uh, pro series now, a semi pro series uh, with just Formula cars called uh, Formula Race Promotions, and we pretty much travel from. Uh, let's see, I think our furthest. I'm in Barber next week. Uh, we were just in uh, mid-Ohio, um, pretty much the East Coast. You know, I've been as far south as Florida and uh, as far north as uh, New Hampshire, I think. Wow. Yeah, that Formula Promotion, yeah. is that brand new this year? No, Formula Race Promotion has been around for a number of years. I okay. don't exactly know how many. Uh, they brought me on board to do the Formula Atlantics, and then I uh, inherited the rest of the group. So we run Formula Atlantics, Formula... 1600s, which used to be Formula Fords, Tony's old group. And then we run Formula Continentals, which are uh, Mazda or uh, uh, Ford-powered uh, wing cars. Mm-hmm. You know, a little bit different than a Formula Atlantic car, which is a, a tunnel car. You know, it's pure aerodynamics. Hmm. Yeah, the so. 1600, that's no aero on that car, right? Uh, no, there's no aero, no wings, okay. no uh, downforce, no nothing just driver skill <laughs> yeah um yeah i hear great things about that promotion and obviously you're keeping them on their toes yeah because- we're uh, we're actually racing here this year yeah in august uh, right Is in it- august we're yeah. racing here so that'll be great to bring the group home i've been asking them to come this way for years and um finally they gave in <laughs> so in so. something like that are you they move in probably on a thursday do you do you load it do you load in with it do you come early or do you come well, I load in on Thursday, uh, you know, on Fridays. Our schedule normally is uh, we load in on a Thursday. 
uh, or Wednesday, it depends on what happens. In Georgia, we can't race on Sunday, so we load it on a Wednesday, finish up on Saturday. But we load in on Thursday afternoon, uh, finish up Sunday evening. Cars are on track Friday, Saturday, Sunday is official times. So, and are you usually back home? Do you spend the night Sunday, or do you usually come back home Sunday nights? Uh, depends on where I'm at. You know, a place like Mid Ohio, I'm at home. In Pittsburgh, I generally drive home. Um, Alabama, I won't. You know, uh, New York. Most of the places I'll, if it's generally within six or seven hours, I, you know, I'll just turn around and come back home. Okay. You know, home by midnight. It's nice. Sleep in your own bed sometimes. <laughs> um, and then let me circle back to how you. So you heard about the Audubon coming here. Yes. And um, when did you become involved with the technical side of things here? Uh, I think about 10 years ago, uh, maybe a little bit longer. I'm not real sure. Uh, I don't keep track of the time. It's just another season you're waiting for. <laughs> uh, and my involvement pretty much uh, means 12 months a year. Mm-hmm. So it's been a continual run. You know, don't get a break when you're... Um, uh, calling some of the shots, we'll say. Right. You know, because you're writing rules or modifying rules, talking competitors, inspecting cars, engines. I do that all year. And then I do my SCCA, uh, the same thing with SCCA, club racing and the pro racing. So it's pretty much 12 months a year. What what's, what car do you do for the SCCA? Do you all different ones too? or Different ones, but I like to do the formula cars because okay. those that's are the where ones. You like that's point. where I like, yeah. 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 And so how was when, when they started to work with Miatas here, was that quite a bit different to, to go with the Miata or is it all kind of the same to you? Um, they're quite a bit different, but they're all the same. You know, uh, they all have the same moving parts, um, just shaped a little differently, different rules. And, uh, that's that, but they're pretty much the same car. Do you, um, so when you find, all right, let's cut to the chase. When you find a cheater, <laughs> <laughs> do you know i mean can you do you look at him when you are you the one that approaches him or do you tell the race director and the race director goes and approaches him and says hey you have the wrong engine in this car or something uh well i approach them oh so you approach do you know right away if they what do you mean do i know right away <laughs> <laughs> do you know right away that they knew that something was up uh most of the time, but if it's something that the driver or a crew member did intentionally uh, and you confront them, usually they'll just give it up because mm-hmm. uh, uh, I like to look at our job. The technical department is we don't like to shoot from the hip. Uh, we operate more like the government when you... Uh, ever get involved with the government they will not arrest you until they have all the answers Mm -hmm. so we might let something go for a week do some investigation and come back the next week and re-inspect that part and um can't do anything then it's all numbers anyway is it hard keeping up with changes and and are there a lot of changes to keep up on uh there are a lot of changes to keep up on because i'm doing multiple series uh, the good thing about it is the technical inspectors around the country, we have a conference call once a month. Oh, wow. So uh, the next one is next Tuesday. Uh, it's for the runoffs, and I believe there's only going to be, only going to be, it's probably going to be 30 of us on the calls. 
So if something crops up in Florida or is a part failure, we might discuss it, and then everyone uh, else knows about it. Mm-hmm. And then the next month, or we'll do emails in between. So we kind of keep up on what's going on and uh, uh, keep up on the rules. The rules are kind of hard because they do change. Uh, SECA, most of the time we're using the SECA rulebook as our baseline. Mm-hmm and modify it per uh, sanctioning body. Hmm. You know, okay. at, um, at Audubon and the Miata series, SECA Miata series, uh, you can't do anything to the car. And with SECA, I'm sorry, with Audubon, uh, we allow a couple of modifications on the 1.6 cars uh, to make them more competitive, you know, so we don't lose those members in those cars. So you have to keep up with both sets of rules. Oh, well, well, yeah, that, just more stuff on your plate, right? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, but it's fun. It's fun. Um, yeah. Interesting. And I, I think the big thing that I take away is a, I don't know, whatever you're going to call me, car owner for my son driving Miatas is uh, I get the car inspected in the off season. Yes. And then uh, you put seals or on the so you know exactly what's in the motor. If uh, if I'm checking in an engine, I, I think you're referring to the Autobahn. Mm-hmm. Uh, at Autobahn, what will happen is off season. If someone has an engine and they want me to inspect it, I'll go out inspect the um, uh, do the compression ratio, check the valves, uh, crankshaft to make sure there's no modifications, and you haven't gone beyond the rules. And then we'll then I'll put a seal on the engine. And during the season, if it comes up that that car's uh, one of the chosen, I don't cho- choose the cars to get impounded normally. Mm-hmm. Um, although they do have a little influence on it, but uh, if we call your car in and it's like let's check the compression ratio, and I see a seal on it, I know I've already done that, and then I'll move to the next car. Yeah, that makes yeah okay. So, um, but they do make it easy here, and then SCC they don't do that in SCC. SCC they don't do that at all. Uh, we do have, um, and even with the Pro Series, we do have a couple of, couple of uh, groups with sealed engines from the manufacturer or from the engine builder. The uh, FIA for uh, F4 cars and the F3 cars. Um, I believe we've got well, Tony Weir's Kristen Weir, mm-hmm. who is a go kart. Um, mm-hmm. Champion, driver. right? Yep, yep. Uh, he's running the four cars, and he's got a totally sealed engine um, from the factory. So, in the F sixteen hundred? No, that I'm sorry, Tony. He's driving the FIA F four version. F four version. Oh, okay, correct. Right, right. Okay. No, the sixteen hundreds are. Um, uh, there's an engine builder that seals the engines uh, with those, and again, if there's a seal on it, uh, he also does seals two liter engines. So that's a certification from that engine builder, and that started back when Honda came up with the series, I believe. So, yeah, so the F4 that he's racing is all a sealed type motor. Right. Uh, Missig. Uh, Jordan Missig races. Jordan has an F3 car, correct. Yeah, F3 and that's car another car. sealed engine. Okay. Both those are Hondas. Correct. They're all yeah. Hondas. Um, and I'm lucky enough to have uh, at the Pro Series the uh, um, one of the. Uh, R&D guys uh, working with me. So it makes life a lot easier when it gets oh, to wow. those engines. Oh, wow, interesting. Yeah. Wow. So now I can concentrate on the Atlantic cars and the uh, rest of the things on the cars. <laughs> um, so through the normal race season, how many 
How many days a week are you not thinking about cars? <laughs> uh, Any? <laughs> <laughs> I would say every day. Every day. Every yeah, day. Every, every day. day. The phone generally starts ringing. Um, uh, I ask everyone not to call me before six. Okay, six is fair. Yeah. Six is fair. <laughs> six is seven on the East Coast. So, uh, um, well, I know you've been super helpful for to the Graybill Race Team, and of course, they're a beloved figure here at the Audubon Country Club. So, I don't know if Tony likes you, Tony Kester thanks. likes you, but we we all love you. <laughs> <laughs> In spite of it all, I like Tony too. But you know, it's just we have our days. Um, but uh, uh, but thanks. I, I just try and do my job and be fair to everybody and make sure everyone's on the same playing field. Yeah, I think that uh, it's got to be a very, very tough job, but so important to, like you said, make sure that everybody's on the same playing field. Yeah. Um, I call my uh, go, I know more about go-karts than than cars, but uh, the person who refreshes our our motors, he's also an inspector for Briggs, and every time I call him, I just ask him a simple question, and I get the last weekend when he was doing inspecting i I get the story of the last five cheaters okay (laughs) you know a lot about how to keep the car i mean uh going but i don't really don't care i don't i didn't ask about how to drill in from the bottom of the motor and and do some crazy thing to a valve and then seal it up and uh, anyway so do you see i guess part of my story is he sees crazy things do you see crazy, outlandish things that people are trying to do to cheat? I see crazy, outlandish things in club racing uh, because we don't have the opportunity uh, or the staff or talent to police the cars the same we do as we do here or in pro racing. Um, hmm. In club racing, you've got uh, uh, people that uh, get to work in the cars two or three times a year, and a few, but they don't have the opportunity to look at a lot of cars in a, a lot of different configurations. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm pretty much doing this, uh, and my counterparts, you know, like pretty much every weekend of the year. Wow. Yeah. So you're so, pretty good. You're so, pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got one of, uh, uh, give an example, one of the, gentleman's going to come here later this year a couple of times actually and we're going to impound miatas for a couple of days and go through them we do this every year uh and he's also in charge of the uh, uh mazda uh, pro series miata oh wow so, so yeah so oh you- and the fia formula three cars <laughs> most of us multitask so you're not only a big gun yourself, but you're bringing in big guns to. Oh, uh, yeah. it's just a job for us. We're not a big gun. It's just a job. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I wish I could bring in the whole crew, uh, but uh, occasionally we get lucky. You know, when I go to uh, Elkhart, give an example of that with the pro race, uh, five of the people that worked the original pro series with me for me Atlantics will be at Road America when we race there, and they may come down here. Oh, wow, so cool. uh, I have, you know, Formula Car people have done it for a number of years. Oh, that's cool. Well, um, yeah. If anybody needs, to get, if anybody has a question about one of the cars here, needs an inspection, what's the best way to to get a hold of you? you got an email address here for the club. Uh, yes, I do have an email address for the club uh, and my phone number. Just uh, a sec here. I have your. Uh, you have it there. 
Yes, Joe Griffin, one word, J-O-E-G-R-I-F-F-I-N at AudubonCC.com. Correct. Joe Griffin, no periods, one word, at AudubonCC.com. Right. Yeah. Phone number is uh, 630-399-8276, and uh, don't call before 6 if you can help it. (laughs) (laughs) Don't call before Six is plenty early. Six is plenty early. So we, Again, six to seven in the East Coast. <laughs> True, okay. I and see. I talked to my mates in New Zealand, and they have no clue what time it is. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, thanks for, I mean, since I've been here, I've, I've seen you, I've met you, you've been very helpful, and I just didn't know a little bit more about your background. I didn't know you worked on the dairy. I mean, that, that's so cool. And uh uh, I'm so happy that the listeners got to know you a little bit better. And thanks for your time for coming on this Sunday afternoon. Oh, we didn't talk about one thing. Oh. You're a heck of a trap shooter. Um, I try. <laughs> you got an awesomely cool gun. Because um, I think I saw that last year. What is it? A Piazza? Uh, no, I don't have the Piazza. I have a um, Made in America Remington 1100. I have uh, three of those. Uh, semi-automatic. Most people use the over/under, but yeah, but I like my Remington. Yeah, well, it's a great. That's a obviously a great gun. So um, it's got the Monte Carlo. Is a Monte Carlo stock on it, or I have one with a Monte Carlo stock and an adjustable butt stock on it. So yeah, I, I think that might have been the one that I saw. Um, so how long have you been trap shooting or shooting in general? Uh, Forever? I'm not sure. Forever? Uh, since I was six or seven on the farm, you know. You learn two things. You learn how to shoot and shoot rabbits and get food and then, uh, drive a tractor. Um, yeah, so you not only take care of the technical side of racing here, but you're also our range officer when we go do trap shooting. Yes. Which Clay's and Cocktail's second appearance is coming up today. The, today at 5 o'clock. The 16th. 16th yes, 16th. Uh, yeah, we're going to have a bunch more of those. So... Um, do you like doing that? I mean, that it's a pretty cool job. Oh, I love doing that. Yeah. Um, yeah. In fact, when we um, the pro series I work for, we uh, make arrangements to shoot trap every once in a while, depending on the track we're at. Uh, VR is really v, Virginia International is really good because they have a permanent skeet course. Oh, I love there. skeet. That's my favorite. Skeet's my favorite. Yeah. Skeet. Um, skeet. Um, I shoot trap. Uh, my partner that's coming out from the Local club I'm in, Frankfurt Sportsman's Club, is coming out today. He's a skeet shooter. So uh, he's another range officer, range safety officer. Wow, you're just you're an amazing man. You have lots of uh, things that you do. That's, what, uh, el- what else? Tell us, some, tell us a secret about Joe Griffin that no one knows of what you, what you do besides photography and, mel- and milking cows and, and guns and cars. and. Um, but that's pretty much it. I have British cars and motorcycles, and uh, oh, really? Store those, yeah. Oh, so what was your first car you ever had? Uh, I believe it was a TR three. Oh, really? Yeah. You still have yeah. it? No. Do you wish you I, still had it? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I do have my TR six. Oh. And I uh, have an X uh, Jaguar XJS. Really? Yeah. And, uh, Do you work on those all those cars yourself? Well, they're British. You have to. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> they're made to be maintained. Okay, okay. There's a lot to be saying about maintaining a car, a British car. 
Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. and I have um, three Triumph Bonnevilles that I've restored and ride. Oh my gosh! So, <laughs> otherwise, I don't do very much. Oh yeah, I've, well, your plate's pretty full. Sounds like to me. Um, that's amazing. Do, do you have them out here? Do you drive them out here every once in a while, or? Um, I haven't driven out here. I didn't do anything last year. I think most of us took the year off that did not exist. But um, right. <laughs> uh, no, and then I was injured last year. I slipped on the ice the year before, towards the end of the year before, and uh, was kind of afraid to walk around and trust my leg. But I'm good now. Okay. So. Uh, well, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, we're lucky to have you here. Uh, I, I just have enjoyed this time getting to know you. I think it's fantastic. Um, and I appreciate you coming on the podcast. Well, thank you. Thank you. And thanks to all the members. I mean, everyone here is just absolutely great. And Peggy's food is really awesome. Gosh. I have to throw out a, a shout out to her. So that that's that. Yeah. It's, I, yeah. What, what I, I was sitting with, uh, you'd mentioned Christian Ware. I was sitting with his uh, mom and dad today having lunch. And she had a prime rib sandwich. And, I had soup, <laughs> and she was eating that, and it looked so amazing. Oh, yeah. But yeah, that's Chef Peggy's fantastic. We uh, love her. We should have her on the. I had her on the podcast uh, either first season or second season, um, and we should have her back on because uh, I don't think we covered every food because I had a lot of questions about a lot of food. So it was great. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, once again, Joe Griffin at AudubonCC.com. Email, you give your, uh, uh, would you give your phone number one more time? Yeah, it's uh, 630-399-8276. All right. Thanks again for being on the podcast. All right. Thank you. All right. You've been listening to Autobahn Country Club Podcast, where your host, club member John Graybill, opens the doors to America's premier auto sports club. Join us next time for Autobahn Country Club Podcast.